0: Welcome to Access Utah, I'm Tom Williams. As we all know, a gunman opened fire on the crowd at a country music festival in Las Vegas on Sunday evening, killing at least 59, wounding hundreds. And today we're going to open the phone lines, invite emails, uh, as we come together as a UPR community to express our thoughts and feelings, try to come to terms with another senseless tragedy. We are going to be talking the first half hour of the program with uh, James Oscarson, who is a uh, the Nevada assemblyman. Uh, former Vegas resident. We'd love to know what you're thinking and feeling. You can email us right now to upraxcess at gmail.com, at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at upraccess, and you can call us at 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495 um, during the uh, program today, during this hour. And we welcome in uh, James Oscarson, who uh, is uh, Nevada Assemblyman, Deputy Minority Floor Leader. He uh, represents Assembly District 36, and I guess the most germane to the conversation. Your district, I believe, uh, encompasses part of Vegas, and you're a, you're a former Vegas resident.
1: Tom, good morning. I, I am indeed, and I uh, take a lot of pride in the fact that uh, this is a great state with great resilience, and I have to tell you, the outpouring of support from across uh, across the country has been, has been overwhelming. This is a, a horrific tragedy that nobody could have predicted. Nobody would have known uh, that it was that it was happening, and we're uh, we're just grateful for the for the first responders, the men and women of, of our metropolitan police department, our fire services, our EMTs and paramedics. Uh, today, I, I think on the news uh, continued stories of heroism and 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 people that went way above and beyond, went back in to help other people in this community. The the, the outpouring of support, and, and we still have blood lines and uh, blood donation lines around the buildings for people donating blood. Um, but it's truly, uh, Nevada is truly a resilient state. We're, um, we are wrapping our arms around these folks and, and making sure that they have the services and the uh, resources they need to, to continue on. They're just now able to pick up their cars, I think, yesterday and today, the people that were at that event. So this is still a very fluid, ongoing. Uh, investigation. There's still a lot of information that will have to come out. But uh, again, for your Utah listeners, we're grateful for the support that they have expressed, and and your your public leaders and and the things that they have done for us. We are um, we're in debt to them, and know that we are a country of one when these kind of events happen, and we we gather together to make uh, to make things uh, as easy as possible on those who were affected by this tragedy.
0: This one hit uh, very close to home, of course, for you in Nevada, and uh, also for for us in Utah. How, how best to uh, how best to help? Would you say people listening here, uh, w- I think, want to help? How best to help?
1: Well, I, you know, I, I think you watched uh, the vice president this morning was giving blood in um, in Arizona. I think uh, the president will be here today, talking to uh, talking to folks, uh, talking to first responders, talking to victims, uh, touring the uh, the site. I believe. And I think that that shows, again, um, the commitment that uh, that not only uh, our government has, but at a federal level, but our local our local leaders have, have come to bear, too. I think donating blood, um, there is a GoFundMe account for the victims of, of this event uh, that has reached um, several million dollars now. Uh, just amazing, amazing kinds of things that have happened. Certainly the Red Cross, if you wanted to help the Red Cross and, uh, and their efforts, Those are the ways right now. I know that um, the resources are taxed as far as blood services in in the Las Vegas area, but all our little, you know, 17 counties in Nevada, all our little rural communities want to give blood and do things. Unfortunately, they're having to go to to, uh, Vegas to do that right now, but we're going to uh, set up blood donation areas all across the state where people can donate because that need and supply for blood continues on, not just for this event, but when it's depleted, we need to continue to to replenish it. So your... um, your family of listeners, I think, uh, can certainly take advantage of some of those opportunities if they choose to. Uh, most importantly, your thoughts and prayers for, for those folks who, who have been tragically affected. And, and, and the, the victims, for sure, and their families and those who had to respond, those are all long-term kind of effects that will happen to, to folks. And again, uh, the Nevada family is strong. Nevada is strong. Uh, we, uh, we are resilient. We are resilient. Uh, but it doesn't happen without a family doing it and a family of our of our surrounding western states and other states certainly make a difference for us.
0: There is multiple hundreds of people affected right still hundreds uh, wounded, many in still in hospitals, at least fifty nine uh, dead. And of course you you expand that out exponentially. Uh, each one of those people has has family and friends.
1: Indeed, and I know that they're setting up some some trauma kinds of things that, uh, that will be available to the responders, uh, the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, the Clark County Fire Services uh, Fire Department uh, are all very aware of, of those kinds of circumstances and trauma intervention specialists are, have already been, uh, as I understand it, are already available for those folks to, to be able to uh, be utilized. The families, of course, are, um, you know, it, it affects people, tourists as well as the folks that were here. Las Vegas has traditionally been one of the safest places in the country, uh, continues to be that. This was a random, senseless act of violence by basically a, 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 an individual who uh, had little or no care for human life at all. Uh, we are um, we're all impacted, as your listeners are there uh, across the state, across the country. I've received multiple calls from people across the country expressing their condolences wanting to know what they can do and and we're um, We're appreciative of of the support. We want to make sure that people know that uh, Las Vegas is continues and continues to be and Nevada continues to be a a tourist-friendly state and we want uh, we want people to know that we do everything in our power to make sure that um, that people remain safe and enjoy this as a tourist destination
0: what were your first thoughts, uh, James Oscarson, when you when you heard of of this, I think one of my initial thoughts was boy this is hitting close to home that, and that, that's in a way a, a selfish thought, right? <laughs> it happens out there, uh, and I realize it could happen you know could happen here in Logan it could happen anywhere in Utah, uh, Las Vegas hitting close to home what uh, what were your thoughts?
1: Well, any open venues a, uh, you know it, it, it certainly could could have had this happen. This was an out in the air venue. My first thoughts, Tom, actually, were for the uh, were for obviously for the victims, um, for our first responders, uh, and what a horrific thing! And how could somebody um, so heinously do uh, do an act like this of random violence to people that he had no knowledge of, didn't know, couldn't possibly have been in. Uh, uh, in any right frame of mind to do something like this and plan it out that the the way it appears through the media, I'm not privileged to anything other than what I'm seeing in the media at this point in time. But plan this thing out and and do the kinds of things that it took to to execute this um, this just horrific act.
0: One of the other emotions I've been talking to some friends is a sort of a numbness and and and, and that's troubling. <laughs> These things keep happening and uh, and and you don't want to. You don't want to be numb, but uh, that's uh, talking to some friends. That's sort of the emo- the initial emotion. Oh, here we go again. It's just horrible,
1: Tom. These things these things should never be the norm. I think since nine eleven, um, you know, we've seen incidents like this that have happened in you know all across the, all across the United States by um, you know some by uh, different kinds of groups. This is I think this is a in, uh, very interesting. Um, uh, event in that it it, it appears uh, it just completely random and and I, I i've been over and over and over in my head how you prevent something like this from happening uh, with just one individual at, at this point what they're saying uh, who randomly acted uh, in in an in, in comp- incomprehensible way um, i think that um, i think there's just a um, there is a numbness and there's a numbness and then there's an anger of some sorts. I think that I think you go through the processes of grieving, and I think our entire state and our entire nation grieves over over events like this. And you know, there's a there's a hierarchy of, of processes that you go through. Right now, we're grieving, which is what we should be doing. We should be um, we should be thinking. Um, we, our thoughts should be turned to the to the families and the and their and the victims and the first responders and all those who were intimately involved in in, in this event. But by the same token, we have to go through a process where um, <clears throat> I know that the, the casinos and hotels are are, are vigilant, uh, the state is vigilant, and we are, um, you know, it, it will have to, as the as the facts come out and as things are, as the investigation continues, I think there'll, uh, there'll be other things that people can evaluate and, and what they need to do and how we need to do to, to again, I'm not convinced we could have prevented this, Tom. I, I just... But I want people to understand that, um, you know, we need to um, we need to boost our um, uh, our our thought process about uh, mental health and those kinds of things and how we work with with folks who are affected in that. This there's no no proof that this was a mental health issue, but I think we need to look at those kinds of things and 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 determine how we uh, how we best support and help people who have uh, who have thoughts and ideas and and. Are, are troubled by by things that would ultimately perhaps lead to these kinds of things. Uh, I have a I have a healthcare background, and certainly every session in the Nevada Legislature, we have very robust discussions about mental health and how it affects uh, how it affects uh, these kinds of instances. And again, no history that I've seen that this this gentleman had any of those issues. Again, a completely random, senseless,
0: horrific act. Yeah, we do. Uh, I think one of the first things we do is uh, try to look for motive. Sometimes we can't get it, um, but but that's trying to make sense out of out of what essentially is senseless. That's one strand of this. But the other is if we if we know a motive, if we know why this happened, then perhaps we can work on prevention. In this case, it's looking maybe like it's a mental health issue.
1: Yeah, and, and again, I would I I would be. Um... It would be an error for me to even start to judge that again, because there are people much smarter than I'll ever be uh, that are looking at those things. You know, you've got federal and state resources that are that are looking at combing through every single uh, everything, single aspect of this event, and perhaps that um, they will come up with um, an analysis of, of what happened and where it happened. And, and quite honestly, Tom, I don't know that we'll ever know. Um, We'll know the facts, we'll know the the events leading up to, but we won't ever know why. Uh, We may not ever know why this this gentleman did what he did. Uh,
0: Another thing, I'm sort of sensing, this is just very subjective as I'm reading, you know, (laughs) articles, editorials, uh, news reports. Um, A little bit of a sense of hopelessness in terms of, uh, well, Throwing her hands up in the air, I don't know if this, you know, a, a sense of I don't know if this can be prevented, and therefore I get, you know, maybe just have to live with these things, which is a which is a terrible thing.
1: I don't think we ever settle for living with these kind of events. We don't ever, we don't ever say. And I think it's it was best described in, in some of the instances that have happened in the past in nine eleven. I think the American people are resilient. I know Nevadans are certainly resilient. It's not going to stop us from. From continuing to do the day-to-day events that we do, we're not going to let uh, events or terrorist events or anything else impact our way of life in the United States. We, it just—it just is incomprehensible to me that we would even um, entertain that. Uh, I understand the—you know—the the, you know, the, the uh, people wanting to hold back and wait and see. They, you know, in, in Nevada there were, uh, in, in the county I live in, uh, they canceled a lot of the sporting events for the rest of the week. So. I get that out of respect and out of the thought process, but we have to go on. We have to move forward. We're a nation of, of free individuals who do what we do and do it because we because we want to be a part of of a, of a free society and a free system. We have to uh, we have to continue to be strong. But the way you're strong, Tom, I think is exactly what happens every you know when when these events happen. We wrap our arms around whether it's an event in Florida or Boston or New York or or any of these other places. Uh, we wrap our arms around those communities, give them our love, give them our support, give them our attention, and make sure that they have the resources they need to, to assess what happened and, and do everything they can to ensure that it doesn't happen again. But the country we live in dictates that we have to go, we move forward and, and do better and do better, a better job assessing any of these kinds of situations that happen.
0: What, how do you think we do a better job assessing? Uh, you know they've happened with alarming frequency, and it uh, seems like we've, we've tried our best to assess, prevent. You know.
1: Well, I I think every one of these incidents we learn something or learn more from the uh, from the events that occur. And again, there are uh, people from the, from the federal government, from state and local governments uh, that are that assess that information. And the more the more training that's done, the more assessment that's done. I know in, the, in Nevada and, and Utah, because I've been engaged in some of the things that Utah has done. There's always ongoing training for the things that happen, uh, that potentially could happen. Uh, you know, active shooter training, uh, training for um, training for critical events, mass events, FEMA training that that sets up uh, processes for incident command in, incidents like this and establishes a command structure for doing that. Most of our law enforcement and our our uh, emergency responders and fire departments are, are well-trained in that, but that training is ongoing all the time. Uh, I think that we need to be vigilant. We need to be aware, I think, as we, uh, we pay attention to our surroundings more, than, than, and I think you become hypervigilant in, in situations like this. So I, I think that's what you do, Tom. I think that with the help and assistance of, of trained experts who, who offer training and expertise to our law enforcement and to our first responders, uh, and 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 quite honestly, there's there's quite a bit of training that's available to the, you know, to the average citizen to be more vigilant on on looking at things. Neighborhood watch programs, uh, other programs like that have been established, and I think you'll see more come out of of an event like this to make sure we're we're paying closer attention. Certainly, I know that uh, uh, that uh, I heard this morning on the news that the uh, the hotels and casinos in in Las Vegas are reviewing all their security protocols and things. Not that they did anything wrong, but when, when an incident like this happens, and they do regular reviews anyway, but this is just another opportunity to review those processes and see how we move forward.
0: This is very, very premature, but um, you're, you're in the Assembly. Is is there anything you think will come before the legislature there? Any, any, any laws that could be changed, policies?
1: Uh, you know, I haven't heard any discussion about that. Uh, I think our focus right now as a legislature and as a legislative body, there's 63 of us is, is turned to the support of, of our, uh, of the victims and their families and what we do. I think during the next legislative session, there, uh, you know, there'll be discussion about how we manage these events, how we manage these critical events, uh, these large scale events, how we can do that better, how our, how our law enforcement, what resources they need, um, and the kinds of things that we, uh, we have available to us to provide them with, uh, you know, with, with funding and services to make sure they, they have those resources. Uh, I am, I'm confident that there'll be some, some discussion about that. Uh, it will be premature for me, like you said, to, to guess what they would be. But I think that, uh, I think myself and my colleagues, uh, first and foremost, want to make sure that people who come to our great state and who are, um, who live in our great state and attend a lot of locals attend these venues. Um, are safe and secure, and feel safe and secure, and we have to we have to guarantee that. We have we have to we have to say we want you to, to to be a part of what these great venues and these great entertainers and these great processes and and shows that come to this 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 great state and this great town. Um, we will continue to do that, and I I can speak I think for um, uh, certainly for myself and and my colleagues that. Uh, of paramount concern is to make sure that we have the resources we need available to uh, to prevent and to address these kind of events.
0: Uh, I believe the president's going to be in Nevada today, right? Uh, what What are you looking for from the federal government?
1: Well, I, I know the federal government has um, you know has uh, federal agencies on the ground that are um, uh, that are certainly uh, paying attention to um, to what happened, why it happened, and they certainly have resources that they've made available to the state. I'm, I'm sure uh, I look for the president to come in and try and establish a sense of calm and a sense of peace and, and know that the federal government is, is aware of, uh, of you know, these things in, in an increasing manner and what we're going to do to uh, what we're going to do to continue to combat and, and fight uh, these kind of horrific acts and how we how we do that best. Uh, I think it's a great thing that the president's going to come and and, and spent time here in, in Las Vegas and with those folks and I think out of that he will um, he will make some good decisions as to how we move forward across the country with uh, uh, to prevent you know tragic acts and senseless acts like this
0: you just joined us. We're talking about uh, the uh, the tragedy in Las Vegas, happened on Sunday night. As you know, gunmen opened fire on a crowd at the at a country music festival in Las Vegas, killing at least 59, wounding hundreds. Reverberations are going out. We're still trying to make sense of this. I was talking to a friend on on Monday morning, in fact, and uh, he said, "I'm I'm still trying to process this." I'd be curious to talk to him again and see where, where he's come up uh, what he's come up with uh, and we're essentially doing that the same thing here as a upr community uh, trying to work through this and uh, be very interested to know what your thoughts are And uh, we're providing this hour for you. And uh, you can call us at 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. Or you can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com, Upraccess at gmail.com. We're talking with James Oscarson. He's a member of the Nevada Legislature. Um, His district encompasses part of Las Vegas. Um, He lives in Pahrump, and uh, he is a former Vegas resident. Uh, and we're getting his thoughts uh, for another uh, five minutes or so. The number again is 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, or uh, at gmail.com, upracess at uh, gmail.com. So James Oskerson, I was uh, reading there was a bit of a, a discussion, Was I, I was going to call it a controversy, not really controversy, but a discussion about, the, about children. And uh, I think Clark County Schools decided to to go right back to school, get the kids right back into school, and the experts were saying that's that's good for them. They need some routine.
1: Well, let me tell you my um, the day uh, the day after on Monday, I have um, I have two grandchildren, actually four grandchildren that live in uh, in Nevada. Two of them live in, here in Grump with my son and his wife, and actually we had as happens sometimes after these events, we had a uh, a report of a, uh, 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 an incident at schools where the schools were all completely locked down. The kids went into, uh, you know, into safe mode and turned the lights off and, and hid under the desks and, until the, the schools could be cleared. But they, they locked down every school in the, uh, in the you know, in the pahrump area. So I was interested in that as well, and, and kids are resilient. I spoke with um, with my two grands my two grandsons who were involved in this. One is seven, and one is uh, twelve, and and asked how they felt about it. Uh, and they said uh, initially it was uh, it was a little scary with the lights off and, and under desks and those kinds of things. But um, when I talked to them later uh, in the evening, and we went out and had dinner with my wife, and I just took the two boys out to dinner to kind of where they were at, they they seemed to be fine. They they recognized that uh, it was for their own safety. Uh, their teachers, I believe, handled it extremely well. The school district and in, in their infinite wisdom, and the sheriff's department uh, took every precaution available. Fortunately, it turned out to be nothing. But interesting interesting question about the kids. I think that they um they recognize and they're trained and they understand and they see these things and they don't accept them. But they know their safety that needs to be they need to engage in. And they move on. They were a plane. They were out having a good time. It didn't seem to have any kind of uh, long-term effects or even short-term effects from what had happened. Yeah, it was uncom the, the biggest complaint I heard from from one of my grandsons was it was uncomfortable sitting under the desk. My legs hurt. Hmm. Uh, so I, I hope that that's the same for us. I don't think we as as parents or adults can dismiss these kinds of things, but I think we can we can certainly counsel and and encourage our children that there's their safety issues and that there are people uh, in in this country in this world just like we do when we teach them about strangers those kind of things that do bad things that doesn't mean everybody's bad but we need to be we need to be aware and i I think the schools have done a great job i'm sure in utah and in nevada as well to ensure the safety of our children um and and there are you know there are future as you know so we have to uh we have to certainly listen we have to debrief we have to talk we have to think about it, and that's what I believe uh, my, my grandsons, we did with them on, on Monday. Uh, we'll chat with them again this weekend, see so if they've had any additional thoughts, but I think we stay, a, a family that's close together, that talks and shares and, and is in tune with each other, I think is uh, is the key. The family, family values and morals and, and principles that we do, I think, are uh, are paramount in, in making sure that, that our families are together. and In times like this, the family unit becomes even more important. And
0: extended family as well. Yeah, I, I relate to your grandson. I, I was thinking as you were talking, I was thinking um, I'm old enough to have gone through um, nuclear attack drills in, in, in school. Uh, you know, that's that's a, a big, huge, scary, scary thing. But as as a kid. I just went along with it. It was it was part of the routine. it was only when I got older and thought about that that I thought, well, first of all, you know, going under my desk probably wouldn't have prevented anything if it was a nuclear attack. Um and and the fact that, you know, I was more traumatized as an adult with this, you know, nuclear nuclear war, potential nuclear war. As a kid it was just part of the routine.
1: Well, and I was raised in the Midwest and tornado alerts were the same way. The siren went off, you climbed under the desk and you waited until that... So you got the all clear. So, indeed, there are um, there are things. Now, obviously, that's a you know a, um, a disaster of, of, of you know those kind of proportions versus one of these kind of disasters. Regardless, they're still disasters. They still impact people. Uh, and I think how we respond as adults is is very indicative of how our children and our, our grandchildren uh, respond as well. So. Um I, I'm I'm extremely grateful for the time you've given me to to express my thoughts and concerns. Thank you so much for reaching out. And most importantly, thank you to you and your listeners for, for allowing a venue like this for people to express their concerns and their thoughts, but more importantly, for their love and outpouring and, 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 and generosity to to us during this difficult time. Trust me, um we uh I spend a lot of time in Utah I have great friends there and and love to be there and recreate and, and do the things that are there. So please, please, please uh, know, and your listeners know, how much we're appreciative of, of what you do for
0: us. Thank you very much, James Oscarson. He's a, uh, a member of the Nevada State Legislature, and uh, he is, lives in Pahrump. He's a former Vegas resident. has been giving us uh, some thoughts from, from uh, Nevada. Thank you so much.
1: Tom, thank you. Appreciate the time.
0: We'll take a break. Uh, When we come back, we'll hear some more uh, voices, additional voices on this, and hopefully hear from you. 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, or uh, upracess at gmail.com, upracess at gmail.com. We're talking about the uh, massacre in Las Vegas and uh, want to get your thoughts. 800-826-1495 or gmail at gmail.com. More following the break.
2: Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and support for science reporting on Utah Public Radio comes from the Utah State University Ecology Center, providing training opportunities for today's science communicators one story at a time. Programming on Utah Public Radio is also made possible in part by Science Unwrapped in USU's College of Science this Friday at 7 in the Eccles Science Learning Center. Why the World Needs Big Trees with USU Assistant Professor Jim Lutz. Information at usu.edu slash unwrapped.
0: Thanks for listening to Axis Utah. I'm uh, Tom Williams, and uh, as you know, a gunman opened fire on the crowd at a country music festival in Las Vegas on Sunday evening, killing at least 50, four, fifty-nine and wounding hundreds. And uh, we want to get your thoughts uh, on on this. Uh, it's it's another senseless tragedy. How do we prevent this? There's a there's a lot of uh, ideas uh, floating. Um, uh, one uh, congressman uh, came right out after the the tragedy i think uh, chris murphy from uh, from connecticut and uh, said that it went right to gun control others who are opposed to that uh, said let's not politicize this issue and it's it's not about the guns it's about mental health it's about terrorism it's about other other motives in this case very preliminarily it looks like perhaps we're in the realm of uh, mental illness um, but uh, we we don't know for sure. This was a 63 year old man who apparently had planned this uh, very extensively, um, using it looks like an automatic weapon, and uh, just uh, just mowed down people there at that uh, that uh, country music festival. Uh, so we'd love to know your your thoughts. Uh, how do we prevent this? How do we make sense of this? Uh, how best to uh, how best to help? Uh, we have with us now on the line. Uh, I think Grace Michaelson. Um, Grace, welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, you are a you're you're, a, you're from Vegas, I believe.
3: Yep, um, I went there from kindergarten through high school.
0: Okay, now now at I believe at USU.
3: Yes, yep, I'm up here my senior year at Utah State.
0: What was your initial thought? This is your hometown. Uh, this this is a horrible tragedy. What was your initial thought when you found out?
3: Yeah, um, well, I initially found out, like, kind of right as it was happening, and um, all I heard was that there was a shooter on the strip, which honestly isn't that uncommon, that just, like, one person will shoot one other person and they'll close off traffic for a minute. But, but I thought that's what was happening at first, and... Um, then, yeah, as when I went on, I like found out kind of the magnitude of it all, and it was just really, really scary. Honestly, it was my first reaction, and I just um, also have a lot of sympathy for the, so many other places in the world where I think this kind of violence is a lot more regular, and so I can't imagine being somewhere where this is a regular occurrence.
0: Yeah, this is just uh, So you say your, your initial thought was, okay, another shooting, one-on-one shooting on the strip.
3: Right, right, yep. I didn't realize that. Um, I do not realize the magnitude until I had a friend text me a little later and say um, people are dying.
0: Uh, so the, I guess this this one on one happens uh, with 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 some regularity. Of course, that's horrible. But well, this was on a right. whole a whole other scale. Um, so, being a young person, probably plugged into social media, is that how you started learning about more of this?
3: Right. After my friend texted me, I just um I got on Twitter and I was just refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. I had some <clears throat> really close friends um that were at the festival, so I knew they were there too. Um so I was looking on their Snapchats to see if they had posted anything, um and texting them, but it took quite a while before we heard back from anyone just because um that wasn't really where their thoughts were at that time was it wasn't to get on their phone right then. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so, and then I'm, I'm sure you'd start seeing the news reports and uh, and everything that just the scale, mm-hmm. the scale of this, um, what are your thoughts about this happening in, in your hometown there in Vegas on, on this kind of a scale? Um, it's
3: just been, yeah, it's been really scary. I think everyone who's grown up there and lived there for a while kind of knew that, um, sadly this was probably inevitable at some point in Las Vegas, just because it's such a high profile city and, Um, There's really no way to secure the strip completely, and so it makes it kind of a target. But also, it's just really amazing to see how much the community has come together um, after this has happened. Vegas, I think, is a very tight-knit community. And um, within the next morning, my dad got up and went to go give blood, and they already had to turn him away at, like, 8 in the morning because they had so many people in line. Um, and, like, by the afternoon, I was hearing news reports just talking about how they were having to turn people away from donations. They opened up an entire hall in the convention center where people were bringing snacks and water. Um, the Thomas and Mac opened up to, ho- to host people. Um, Southwest Airlines and Allegiant Air were giving out free plane rides to anyone who needed to come to Las Vegas. A lot of the hotel groups were giving free hotels to, like, the families of the victims. So it was just really cool to see kind of the outpouring of love from the community as well.
0: What would you say? How how best to help? You're you're kind of at a remove. That's probably distressing in some cases. Maybe you want to be there to, to help. How how can people in Utah help best? You think?
3: Definitely, yeah. When I first heard out, I kind of first heard about it. I thought about getting in my car and driving down, but I realized, I mean, from this perspective, there's not really anything I can do. But I think now, um, I know over the coming um, days and weeks, they're still going to need blood. Um, which obviously is kind of something that has to be done a little closer. But also I think just, you know, sending cards to the hospital, sending cards to the servicemen. Um, There's a lot of GoFundMe accounts for um, people who've been hit and need um, to help pay for their medical expenses and recovery Um, are also people um, who unfortunately had loved ones passed away that need to pay for funeral expenses, Um, as well as our Clark County Commissioner, Steve Sisolak, he set up a GoFundMe for uh, all the victims, and it's raised over $3 million last, I heard. So any of those venues will take donations or contributions or just writing a card.
0: Okay, those are some great suggestions. Um, you said something a little earlier I wanted to follow up on. You said that kind of the expect uh, yours and maybe some friends' expectation was um, something like this maybe not in the scale, I you know, probably didn't imagine this, but something bad could happen on the Strip because it's very hard to secure the, the Strip there.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, I think the whole city kind of knew it. If you listen to some of the press conferences with the coroner and the fire chief and the police chief, they all talk about how they've extensively trained for um, some horrible incident to happen, and that's part of the reason they were able to get there so quickly and to help so many people. Um, so yeah, it's really sad but i think when you live in any kind of large metropolis or um like high profile city i think it's kind of something you have to think about that one day something could happen
0: so uh, will that be in the back of your mind when you go to you know because it does seem so random i i guess i'd never imagine to be vegas that would be next you know you've got orlando and san bernardino and tick all these off it's distressing the numbers of these mass shootings um you call them massacres. Uh, will, when you go to a concert, will that be the back of your mind?
3: Um, I mean, yeah, I think there's always a little bit of a worry that something could happen again. But at the same time, um, I think it's just important to you know, keep moving on and be one of the productive people um, and not one that detracts from humanity. And so I think just this definitely was a wake-up call for me that I feel like I do you know, need to be more prepared um, one of my friends was able to help a girl and carry her to the hospital, and it just made me realize, like, would I be able to do that? Do I know, like, CPR and first aid and um, just a lot of things? So I think moving forward, I'll definitely, you know, think about it a little more, be, try to be a little more prepared, but I don't think it's really going to stop me from having a good life.
0: Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about Las Vegas? It's, it's kind of, you know, there's some exoticism there, right, uh, Vegas. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, um, yeah. I guess if you're a resident there, it can be a fairly ordinary place uh, to live. There's kind of a mixture there.
3: Right, yep. Um, I mean, I think it's it's kind of different from anywhere else, I guess. There's a big contrast, and, you know, we always have people asking us growing up if we lived in hotels and went to school on the Strip and <laughs> Um, that's not really the case. Yeah, for most people, it's kind of just more of your regular, regular city. But um, there's definitely I, it's a pretty tight community. I mean, there's such a diverse background that I think people who um, live in Vegas really love the community there.
0: What are the conversations like between you and your friends? Maybe you know, back in Vegas or here in in, in Utah. What's does the conversation go to politics? Does it go to how do we prevent this? Does it go to you, you know trying to process through this this horrible thing that happened in your in your town and to people that you may have known what 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 are the conversations like
3: um honestly no it doesn't really go to politics it's kind of I feel like a more human experience than that we've just um to our friends that were there we've been really worried about making sure that you know they're okay and um, trying to get them to go you know seek help and see a counselor um, and then our friends who weren't there we've just been talking about how it really could have been anyone any weekend and no matter what, we probably would have had friends there. I mean, last weekend was iHeartRadio Festival. The weekend before that was Life is Beautiful, and those are both huge uh, festivals as well. That um, you know, same thing. You can try and secure an area as much as you can, but ultimately it's kind of hard to do uh, in a place like the Strip. So, yeah, it's just kind of scary to think about. But also, you know, we just want to make sure that our friends and family that were there are all okay.
0: And uh, suggesting that they, that they 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 go seek some therapy, right? To I guess deal with the trauma. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of Mandalay Bay has asked um, any counselors in the area to help out and donate time to talk to some of the victims and people that were there.
0: Um, again, I guess in, in closing here, would, we really appreciate your time. Um, how best for people to help? I think that's on the top of people's uh, minds. Maybe take off a few of those things that you did before that, help people can help.
3: Right. I think, um, there's a lot of, you know, financial contributions, if that's an area that you can help in, obviously you can help, um, assist with people's recovery and funeral expenses and family's expenses, um, but also, I think it's just as simple as kind of sending some reassurance, sending cards to the police and fire stations, um, to some of the victims that are in the hospital, the nurses and first responders. Um, just something as simple as that, I think, can really show that our thoughts and prayers are with the people in Las Vegas.
0: Well, we've been talking with Grace Michaelson. She's a USU student, and, and uh, Las Vegas is her hometown, so this hits uh, particularly close to, to home. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. We're gonna take another break. When we come back, uh, we'll have um, a, a young woman, uh, Aya Shahid, who was on the Strip at the time of the shooting, and apparently was tipped off by a policeman there that there was a shooting. Left work early, and we're gonna talk with her, get her perspective on this. Following this break. <phone rings>
3: Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and the Cache Valley Visitors Bureau presenting the Cache Valley Foodie Trek, access to the National Forest, and live theater opportunities. More information available online at explorelogan.com.
2: Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and the Cache Valley Visitors Bureau showcasing outdoor access to the National Forest for hiking, fishing, and camping. Information on trails, campsites, and more is available online at explorelogan.com.
0: Thanks for listening to Access U. Time, Tom Williams, and uh, we're talking about events uh, over the weekend in Las Vegas. As you know, um, the the uh, most deadly mass shooting in uh, modern U.S. history happened on Sunday in Las Vegas. A gunman opened fire on the crowd at a country music festival there, uh, killing at least fifty nine, wounding hundreds. Uh, we're trying to wrap our minds and hearts around this. And uh, we'd love to get your perspective at 800 826 1495, 800 826 1495, or upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at uh, gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to get your perspective on this. I, I've characterized this, and this is a very subjective characterization that there's a lot of numbness, um, maybe a little, you know, cr- creeping into some despair here, some hopelessness. I'm seeing this on the the gun control side of this um, that, that always comes up after uh, these uh, tragedies, uh, you know, for for reason, um, and a lot of commentators that uh, I've been uh, reading after this particular. Uh, tragedy, this massacre, uh, are, are sort of throwing their hands up. They're saying that uh, even if uh, you see gun control as a prescription which would prevent these tragedies, they point to other nations, Australia and Scotland, for example, who clamped down on gun control, uh, tougher gun control laws after similar massacres in their nations, uh, they were able to prevent uh, future ones. Um, that uh, in this nation at this time, NRA has too much control. The consensus is is too much weighted to, toward gun rights, and in any case, even if Congress wanted to, they're paralyzed. Um, and so that's you know, that's a it's pretty pretty hopeless uh, perspective. But I, I, I think I see that uh, sort of creeping in. If that's the prescription that that you feel, um, if you have a different perspective on this, or uh, uh, I would love to to hear that. Uh, motives always come in, and it uh, you know you, you want to always uh, go straight to the motive, because I think that gets into prevention. So, um, terrorism or mental illness or or guns or, or whatever it may be, and perhaps uh, this one is uh, hitting very close to home, and it's uh, you know a little early to be uh, looking at those uh, political aspects. I don't know. Um, I think the friends I'm talking to, it's it's just uh, the pace of these is is just. Uh, is just numbing. I'd love to get your perspective. 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, or upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. We now bring in uh, Aya Shahid, who was on the Strip at the time of the shooting uh, and uh, joins us by telephone. Uh, thanks for joining us.
4: Hi, thanks.
0: Uh, so you, you were on the Strip uh, as, as the shooting started uh, happening. How did you become aware that something was happening?
4: Yeah, um I work over at Caesar's Palace and I got we were going um, going around doing uh, you're
0: you're cutting out a little bit. Um Ooh. Wonder if maybe hold the, the phone a little closer to your mouth perhaps, I don't know.
4: Can you hear me now? <laughs> yes. Yes, hear you better. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Uh, so I work at um, call for my
0: mm. That was, it sounds um, like sounds like you're cutting out uh, again.
4: Yikes. Uh, Better oh, now. Yeah.
0: Uh yeah, let's try that again. Hmm, sounds like perhaps we have uh, lost idea. I'm, I'm hearing background noises. Uh let's see. What are we uh we uh, take another short break and see if we can uh, reestablish the line here liquid rocket fuels launched mankind into the space age and made it possible for us to explore our solar system for decades but liquid fuels are unstable and extremely toxic and for years we've searched for an alternative At Utah State University, aerospace engineers are developing a small rocket motor made of printed ABS plastic. Instead of liquid fuel, the motors use an electric current and oxygen to create combustion. These environmentally friendly motors are safe, highly efficient, and cheap to make, and getting cheaper. The USU Aerospace team is now experimenting with blending plastic from recycled water bottles into the mix. Imagine that, turning garbage into rocket fuel. Support on Utah Public Radio for Creating Tomorrow is provided in part by our members and the College of Engineering at Utah State University, offering undergraduate and graduate degrees in
2: mechanical and aerospace engineering. More at engineering.usu.edu.
0: You're listening to Access Utah. Tom Williams, and we're talking about the... uh, The massacre in Las Vegas, 59 people, uh, at least 59 people dead and uh, wounding of hundreds by a a gunman uh, shooting from a hotel. Uh, onto a crowd at the country music festival in Las Vegas, and uh, we're getting perspectives of uh, people from uh, Vegas, people who were there uh, in the vicinity, and uh, we are going to be talking, hopefully, shortly, with uh, Aya Shahid, who uh, was on the Strip at the time of the shooting. We have we're having some phone problems, hope to be able to uh, resolve uh, those, um, and we uh, do have uh, we're. we're uh, Soliciting your feelings, your thoughts on this, we'd love to get your perspective, um, and uh, you can uh, join us at upraxcess at gmail.com, Upraccess at gmail.com. Before we go to I, uh, um, let's well, let's go straight to IA uh, and then uh, we will get uh, an email from uh, Carl. So, Aya, uh, hopefully have a, a better connection this time with yeah, for sure. Okay, that, that's sounding a lot better. So uh, you were telling us the, the story. You you work on the Strip. How, how did you find out that the, this shooting was happening?
4: Yeah, um, we were just doing our normal thing in the store, and we got a call from our store manager, and her husband is a cop, so he works, he works around where we were working, actually, and he called his wife, and he told her that there was a shooting. And since she knew that we were down there, she called us, and she told us to close the store. And... It was it was pretty pretty intense.
0: Yeah. So um, so you're you're pretty where you work's fairly close, I imagine, to where the shooting happened.
4: Oh yeah. We were, we were like two or three blocks from where it was actually occurring. Hmm. And any actually anything that happens on the strip, you're you're fairly close. So when we were when we were told about it being at the Mandalay Bay, we immediately decided to close the store
0: um so uh I, my producer was speaking in my ear I understand you were at another festival
4: oh yeah yes um life is beautiful last weekend
0: yeah so uh, i I imagine your th- your thoughts go there that this could have happened at the festival you were at
4: oh yeah honestly it was it was scary hearing that it happened at a music festival because I don't know i I attend a lot of festivals that are here in Vegas and it was just it was pretty
1: close
0: yeah, so what uh, are you this this make you fearful to go to festivals like this in the future? What do you what are your thoughts there?
4: It it kind of does, honestly. Like this was this was a festival that is very similar to any of the other ones that I've been to, open air. You mean like surrounded by other buildings. It could happen to any any person, any any music festival. So, yeah, it it kind of puts a damper on buying my next ticket, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh,
0: so did you, I don't know if you know any of the people who were at, the, at, the, at this Country Music Festival, anybody who was involved there?
4: Oh, yeah, actually, um, we had a few coworkers who were there, so when we found out there was a shooting, we immediately started texting them, trying to figure out if they were safe. And uh, before I even got home, some of them replied, and they'd been, they'd been telling us, oh, yeah, I'm hiding behind a dumpster, I'm hiding in a bathroom, it was it was actually very scary because like you can empathize with like how they're feeling like mm-hmm. they're scared for their lives. It was it was wild.
0: Yeah, that, that's and I guess your your first thought mm-hmm. is is my friend safe? So you try to contact them. I guess you were able to find out that all your friends were safe.
4: Yeah, it was luckily we were. Uh,
0: and so you were you were hearing about people hiding dumpsters, just trying to get out anywhere you, where you can. That there would be panic, a lot of fear. You see people right and left of you dropping.
4: Oh, oh my God! I can't even imagine. I was I got home and I watched I watched like some of the videos and it was it was scary because I've I've been in that type of like environment where you're surrounded by people and you're enjoying music, but like to imagine that someone would just start firing into the crowd is is I don't know. It's scary.
0: What's the feeling there in in Las Vegas uh, to, today? What are What are you hearing? What's what, What's the atmosphere?
4: Um. Pretty somber. We're all kind of uh, taken aback by what happened. Uh, we're we're trying to just go on with the t- with our lives, I suppose. Hmm. But yeah, definitely putting into perspective a lot of the a lot of the music festivals and everything that happens here in Vegas. It's such a it's such a diverse and like. There's so many. There's so many tourists. So many people come to Vegas, and they're gonna. Ha- they want to have a good time, and then to have something like that happen is just like really scary.
0: Let me uh, read this email from Carl, and we'll get some last uh, comments from my... Uh, uh, this is uh, Carl, who has emailed us. Uh, he says, "I'm brought to tears every time I hear the stories of the victims. Again, I'm in disbelief that something this horrific could happen. Innocent people killed for no reason. Once again, we're hearing the the uh, some political rhetoric." I'm not very good at sugarcoating things. As far as I'm concerned, the senators and congressmen, including our delegation and our local state representatives, have blood on their hands for doing nothing. Uh, they all take money from the gun lobbies and perpetuate the lies that nothing can be done. I just can't believe it. I can't imagine the pain the victims and their families are going through. That's uh, that's uh, Carl. Uh, so I had uh, just a couple minutes left here. What what's the discussion uh, with you and your friends? Does it go to? politics? Is it, uh, is it uh, just how your friends are doing? What, what's the discussion like?
4: Um, I I feel like there's a little bit of politics involved. Like, this is definitely another wake-up call that we've had amongst the many that we need to talk about gun control. We need to talk about it. It's, it's no longer uh, something we can put on the back burner when people are constantly dying because of it. So, It's definitely an issue that we've been talking about here.
0: Uh, So just about a minute left. Um, How best for people outside of Vegas to to help? You're there in Vegas, a lot of help needed. I think we're wondering how best to help. How how can we help?
4: Um, So far what I've heard is uh, just donating blood and... um, Supplies, probably, but at this point, I've heard that our blood banks are completely full. I was trying to go donate a few days ago, and it actually they weren't taking anyone else. But um, other than that, I don't know, just keep us in your thoughts.
0: Okay, very good. Aya uh, uh, Shahid was on the strip at the time of the shooting and uh, has perspective there from Las Vegas. Thank you so much.
4: Yeah, no problem.
0: And I'll just add here at the end, uh, Grace Michelson uh, had a great idea. Uh, there are several GoFundMe uh, accounts that have been set up for funeral expenses and uh, to help uh, help victims. You could look for those uh, GoFundMe uh, accounts as, as well, yeah, another way to help. Um, we thank all of our guests uh, today and uh, thank you. Um, and uh, we've been uh, trying to wrap our minds and hearts around this uh, tragedy in Las Vegas. We'll be, of course, thinking about this as we go forward. And uh, you, your comments can still come in. We'll get those on the future programs at upraccess at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Access Utah today.